Hello, I'm Marit Sneeman. Welcome to Calm, Clear and Helpful, a weekly podcast series on how to take good care of yourself and others. Today our topic is Are you an empath? My guest is Liesel Tom, master transformation coach, journalist and broadcaster from Centurion. Welcome Liesel, I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you Mariette and thank you for the invitation. I look forward to this conversation because I do think that there are so many people out there who are actually empaths but they're not aware of it. And if you are not aware of it, it can be an absolute curse. Yes, we'll come to that. And to our listeners, after our conversation, Liesel will give us her three best tips on how to be an empowered empath. And then it will be time for a fun question. Now Liesel, in your career you have donned many hats. Please tell us about the work you do. <laughs> Mariet, I always say it depends on the day of the week when people ask me, "So what exactly do you do?" <laughs> I say, "Yeah, it depends on the day of the week." I am a journalist. I work for the American Broadcasting Company. I'm on a retainer for them, which gives me the freedom to have my coaching practice. I also work with reformed criminals, um who've served their time in prison and now need to go back into society and that integration i i do all kinds of things i do whatever my heart tells me to do i'm also a motivational speaker and at the moment i am writing a book on how to be an empowered empath oh i didn't know that <laughs> Well, the book is still in the in the early process, early stages, so it's not something I uh, go around telling people. But you know, seeing that we're talking about it, I might as well throw yeah, it in there. But please, listeners, this is a secret, right? <laughs> <laughs> now, Liesel, why do empaths interest you? I'm sure you must be one of them. Mariet, I am, and like many empaths, I was not aware of it. And when you are not aware of it, you can get hurt. Now, as a journalist, we see the worst of the worst. And because I was an empath, am an empath, because I am an empath, and I didn't have control over this thing, I stood on crime scenes and I physically felt. the relatives of crime victims pain in my body and i didn't know what was going on and i eventually had a nervous breakdown because i couldn't deal with all this pain that i experienced physically in my body without fully understanding what it was and then my mentor dr ermal beskagni passed away and a few weeks after that i almost rolled my car because i was in such an emotionally fraught state so i had to come to a complete standstill learn what i can take charge of what i can't and how to manage it and when i took charge of this beautiful gift because it is actually a beautiful gift once you get 
to know how to use it. So when I took charge of it, I realized, but wait a minute, I'm not the only one. There are millions of people who are going through a similar situation, not necessarily to the same extent, but, you know, if I can help someone deal with something, that's one of the reasons I'm a coach. I want to help people. I want to empower people. So it's been an interesting journey. I think most of us know what it means to experience empathy. Mm. But being an empath is a different thing. Could you please explain how these two are related or how they differ? Mariette, empathy is when you can put yourself in someone else's shoes. When you see someone whether it's a positive or a so-called negative emotion, when you see that person experiencing an emotion and you can imagine what they are going through. Normally, we've, we feel empathy when people are dealing with pain. We've all had pain, so we, we can remember what it was when we had pain and we can relate to that person experiencing that emotional pain. But an empath has this ability to feel other people's emotion physically in their bodies. Now, there are, there are people who say it's absolute nonsense. Let's just deal with that. But there are different explanations for it. The explanation I choose to believe, the, the explanation that makes the most sense to me is the mirror neuron theory. Now, we as humans all have mirror neurons. That is the, the, the part of your brain that when someone smiles at you in the street, you immediately smile back because we mirror each other. It's part of what makes us human. The theory is that empaths have more mirror neurons. So our five or six senses, depending on where you stand on this debate, but our five senses take in 400 billion bits of information per second. We filter it down to, a, to around 2,000 bits of information per second because that's what our brains can compute. But in amongst all those other bits of information that gets filtered out, we pick up on what is going on around it. We might, we might not be aware of it, but we pick up. So if you, for one split second, show um, sadness, I will pick up on it. I may or may not be aware of it. And that then activates my mirror neurons and I feel it in my, my body. So, so for me, the mirror neuron theory makes a lot of sense. But the fact that we can also pick up on all these things that we are not even aware of, combined with the mirror neurons, makes it even more or explain it even better to me. At this stage, I'd like to ask if there are different types of empaths. In other words, uh, does every empath feel someone else's physical pain or do some of them, I could almost say, empathize in different ways? Mariette, the experts. Now, the, the, the foremost experts on empaths is Dr. Judith Orloff. 
But the experts, and I'm using huge air quotes here for the listeners who can't see my fingers, say there are several kinds of empaths. One of them is a plant empath, someone who resonate or, or vibrate on the same frequency as plants and can feel what that plant is feeling. Now, you know, believe it or not, then there are animal empaths. Now, I have met people who say or who claim that they can communicate with animals. And I've, I've seen it, so I can't dismiss it. They vibrate on the same frequency as the animal, animals. Um, I think some empaths don't physically feel what people around them feel, but they hear, they, they, they hear sounds or see colors. So I cannot say there are six or seven different kinds of empaths because that is not from my own experienced knowledge. But I know that this ability I have to feel other people's emotions is, first of all, not unique, and second of all, not the only expression of being an empath. Thank you. I was wondering if the concept of being an empath is relatively new. No. Um, the label is new. But the concept is, I would guess, as old as humanity. When our grandmothers were little girls, should one of them have been an empath, she was told, you're too sensitive. Mm. Harden, toughen up, Cookie. Harden up. <laughs> now, there is a, the, uh, this this term they call highly sensitive people and empaths very often are highly sensitive people but you cannot say the one equates the or equals the other you cannot say that um, but i believe this ability we as humans have to feel what other people are feeling is not something that is new i think it's as old as time and that brings us to what you mentioned at the beginning, that it, you implied that it could be either a gift or a curse. Mm. Could we first look at the curse side? What makes it difficult? You have explained your own experience. Um, wh why do you think is it so difficult? Is it specifically when one isn't aware of what's going on that creates the difficulty? Or what makes it a hard thing, a hard talent to mm. have. But mm. firstly, I think it's that awareness. I think most empaths who are not yet fully empowered are either not aware that these emotions they are feeling are not their own, are not aware that they have this ability to sense other people's feelings and emotions and are not aware that they have a choice we are allowed to say no I don't want to feel this but when you are not aware of it you cannot say no then you always on so what can an empath do to prevent being overwhelmed by the energy of individuals or groups or sometimes 
places, physical places. Mm, mm. Mariette, you touch on something very important. Many empaths get completely overwhelmed when they are in large groups. When you go to a mall and you are an empath and you're not aware, you will probably feel absolutely drained, you will feel anxiety that you cannot explain, and you will have this vague sense of unease. Your, your amygdala will, will, will send signals to your brain saying, we are under attack, something is wrong. So if you are not aware that A, you're an empath, and B, that you can say no to other people's emotions. It is very draining to be in large crowds. Now, the first thing is to become aware. Ask yourself, this emotion, this sensation, because emotions are sensations in our bodies. This sensation in my body, what is it? And is it mine? Is there a logical explanation in my life why I should feel anxious or guilty or whatever the sensation in your body is? If there's no logical explanation, chances are that is not yours. Chances are you are feeling someone else's emotion. And then as an empath, no one tells us, no one teaches us that we are allowed to say, no, I don't want to feel Sari's heartache. No, I don't want to feel Yanni's guilt. Once we get to that point where we can say, this is not mine, I don't want to feel it, then we can start taking action to close off now that's one of the, the tips I'll give right at the end is how do you close it off? Because we are allowed to. I've seen, I've, I've spoken over the years to people who are clearly, clearly far more empathic than I am, but they didn't know it. And it can make you sick. Now, we all know if your cortisol levels, if you are stressed all the time and, and you're body secretes cortisol all the time, it makes you sick. It also makes you fat. It interferes with your sleep. It interferes with your hormones. But it can make you physically sick. It can make you ill. So we need to know, is this sensation in my body, this thing we call an emotion, is it mine? Do I have to feel it? Because if it's not, you don't have to secrete all that cortisol and adrenaline and whatever else chemicals are flooding through your system. If it's not yours, you don't have to, but you can. And that is the beauty of it. Because as a coach, I allow myself to experience my client's emotions, to experience their pain, their confusion, their anxiety, because it helps me to help them better. Now, because empaths have this ability, it comes across as weird and sometimes quite psychic. I've, if I had one rand for every time a client asked me, how did you know that? Are you psychic? I would 
Spirits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've mentioned a couple of very interesting things. The one is that one should be aware of what's happening, and that is why our title is Are You an Empath? Mm. to explain this in case someone who's listening has not been aware. The second one is to give yourself permission to not feel all those things that you really don't need, which you will tell us how to do at the end of the podcast. And then the third thing uh, that struck me was that you said it makes you fat. It can make you put on weight. Mm -hmm. Can you explain how that works? Well, cortisol makes you makes you put on weight. Um, cortisol has a, quite a destructive effect on the body. One of them is to knock out all your testosterone. Now, testosterone is the hormone that breaks down fat, that helps us build muscle and shed fat, burn the fat. So if we have too much cortisol, chances are that our testosterone levels are low. Chances are that we might be a size or two or three bigger than we would ideally be without all that cortisol. And the stress is not always caused by our day-to-day -day living. It could be, if you are an empath, it could be that you are picking up on someone else's stress and it is triggering the same reaction in your body as it would if it was something that you were, were doing or had control over. That's a very sensible explanation. Thank you. You've touched on how you use this gift of being an empath with your clients. Now, I was wondering, empaths, how does this ability influence their relationships and especially their intimate relationships? Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, my husband's going to be so mad at me. Um, <laughs> I love you, Annie. Um, but before I knew, before I had control. And then to be quite honest, every now and again, I catch myself picking up on his irritations or whatever is going on in his life and feeling it. And so, so, so here's what happened. The first time I became aware of how my husband's emotions influence me, he got angry about something and it was something arbitrary it wasn't really important so but the next moment I was angry because he was angry and we were in a fight and I was fighting with him I was fighting with him over something that had absolutely nothing to do with me but I didn't realize that because he had experienced this sensation in his body of angry I picked up on it my mirror neurons fired. I felt the same sensation. So I got angry for no reason. He had a reason. I had no reason, but I picked up on his anger. And then I started fighting with him. So if you are not aware of the fact that not every single emotion you feel is necessarily your own, if you don't know that and if you don't have control over it, you are going to be you're going to run around feeling other people's emotions all the time and as I explained this example it creates conflict because especially 
things like anger, frustration, guilt, shame, all those emotions that we label as negatives, all those emotions that we don't necessarily want to experience. I always say if neutral, if neutral is in the middle, then we have on the one side guilt and shame and on the other side ecstasy. And we as humans are supposed to feel all those emotions, but we don't want to. We only want to feel from neutral to ecstasy. We only want to feel the fun ones. And that's not the deal. The deal is if you are in this life, if you have a body to feel emotions, you are going to experience the whole range of emotions from my life is so bad, I think it would be better off if I just killed myself to how does it get better than this? And everything in between. We're supposed to feel those emotions. So, But when an empath picks up on someone's negative emotions, anything on the other side of neutral, then and you don't know what it is, then, it, then life becomes difficult. Then you don't know why you feel anxious and, and guilty and ashamed. It's not necessarily your own. And something that I'd like to ask you, because I think this, is, this connects to what you, you've just said. You know, many women grow up being taught that they are responsible for the emotional welfare of just about everybody, mm. everybody around them. And I think it ties in with this. How can a mother, for instance, who, who has this gift of being an empath, how can she, in inverted commas, distance herself from her, uh, from her children's, once again in commas, negative feelings mm. so that they don't overwhelm her but still be available for her children. Mm. Mm. So the first thing that I always remind myself of is Martha Beck has this saying, there's three kinds of business in this world. There's your business, there's my business, and there's God's business. And if it's not my business, I cannot be in it. Now, as a parent, it's very difficult to disassociate yourself from your child's journey. But you have to try. You see, Mariette, if we take, if, if, if your child is small, and I'm actually guilty of this, okay. <laughs> if your child is small and he's learning to eat by himself, he's going to make a mess. Now, I didn't like the mess. So I disempowered my young boy by feeding him for far longer than was necessary because I didn't want to have that mess. I was helping him in inverted commas. But by helping him, I was disempowering him. So we had to, we had to take proactive steps to fix that damage I've done there. And just as an aside, for all parents, and especially for the mothers, all parents mess their children up. <laughs> it is not intentional. It is not because you are a bad parent. It is because that is where the child 
gets the fertilizer from to grow, you are doing the best you can. And this is something I believe with my whole being. Every person, every person you meet, the criminal that stands next to your car, smashing in your window, every person you meet is doing the best he or she can with what he or she has. You know, it's easy to stand to one side and judge. But when you are in that situation, my stepmother always used to say, there but for the grace of God. And I think that's something we need to remember. But as a parent, how do you disconnect yourself from your child's pain? Frankly, you can't. You are a parent but as an empath, you have to create a little bit of space. Otherwise, you are going to be as devastated as your child is. So that's why I, I, I reminded you of the three kinds of business. Because we always have to ask ourselves, am I helping you or am I disempowering? Because if you help someone, and I'm using inverted commas there, you may have the best of intentions. However, you might be interfering with someone's life lesson. And by interfering with that life lesson, you are disempowering them. So it's always important to take a step back and say, whose business is this? Is this my business? Now, I have two young men in my house, and yes, they are going to have their hearts trampled on. We know that. Do I want that for them? Hell no. Is it something I am going to enjoy? Definitely not. I will be a compassionate bystander, but I am not going to allow my body to experience the depth of their pain because it's not mine to carry. Thank you, Lisa. That was a long answer. I hope yeah. I answered your question. It, it's an excellent answer. And it also made me think that the whole concept of being an empath and how you explained it, you know, on biological, uh, along biological lines with the mirror neurons and so on, is also something that parents can explain to their children when they see that this child is what is mm. often called oversensitive. Oversensitive. I get very angry when I hear people call children that because that is the way that child is made. Who are you to decide? Who told you that you get to decide the perimeters of sensitivity? Um, we get more and more highly sensitive people coming in. There's all kinds of theories, Mariette, and I'm sure you've heard just about every last one of them. One of the theories is of the indigo children. Now, indigo children or crystal children are highly sensitive beings. So it's not, good, it's not beneficial to criticize and tell people you shouldn't be like that. Parents should rather tell their children, okay, I can see this is something that you struggle with. Let me help you find a way to deal with it. Because when you tell a child, 
don't be like that. It feels like criticism. Criticism makes you withdraw. And the more you withdraw, the bigger that distance between your child and yourself. Whereas if you say, let me help you, let me help you try and find, you say to your child, I accept you unconditionally, even though I might not be in the same boat as you. I am standing next to you. I am with you and I will help you where I can. Just one thing, Mariette, about the Marinierons. I am obsessed with lions. And one of the reasons is because lions also have Marinierons. I would like to challenge you and I'd like to challenge any and every one of your listeners if you ever have the opportunity to spend time in an open game vehicle or I hate zoos, but you know, if you if you if you come close enough to a lion so he can see you, yawn. <laughs> because the lion also has mirror neurons. Within a few seconds, he too will yawn. And then you will have that prized photo of the canine showing because that's what we want the lion to do, to take a beautiful picture. <laughs> That's a fun challenge. <laughs> I think this is a good point for you to please give us your three tips on being an empowered empath. Okay. Firstly, I've said this before, but I cannot stress this enough. Become aware. Become aware of what is going on in your body, what emotions you are feeling, and whether they are yours or not. If they are not yours, you don't have to feel them. Now, one of the ways I teach my clients to physically cut off this 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 technique has a two-fold um, implementation. So the first one is you take your one hand and you put it right here where your two ribs, your rib cage comes together, more or less where your stomach would sit, if my understanding of anatomy is correct, um, more or less where your solar plexus is, if you know anything about the chakras. Put your one hand over it and then Put your other hand over that hand and just keep your hands over your solar plexus to cut off that sensation of feeling other people's emotions. Now this firstly, it physically cuts off the energy flow because this is where we, 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 we absorb energy from is from our solar plexus. But secondly, when you do this, you also create the awareness You tell your subconscious mind, I am cutting off. I am not, I don't want to experience this. So when you take off your hands, you can almost feel that emo the, 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 the energy flowing again. And then you close it. You can physically feel how the energy closes off. And you are allowed to close it off. You know, that's one thing that, 
we're not taught. So that was the second one. First one's awareness. Second one is put your hands over your solar plexus. And the third one is become aware of your energy, your impact on other people, because this is being an empowered empath. This is PhD level empath. Once you are in control of not accepting other people's energy, but also in control of your own energy and what you put out, then you can start influencing other people just as they influence you if you are not aware. When you are aware and you've practiced this enough, you can physically influence people now when my husband gets angry and I'm not caught unawares like I was recently because, you know, none of us is perfect. We, we keep on relearning these lessons. But now when he's angry, because I am aware and because I have control, I just send good, good vibes. I mean, if you, if you want to break it down to the absolute minimum, I'm sending him good vibes. And it makes such a difference. It makes such a difference. So firstly, become aware of whose emotions am I feeling in my body. Secondly, if you don't want to feel it, put your hands in front of your solar plexus. After a while, you don't need to do that anymore. But in the beginning, it's a physical way to cut off that energy exchange. And then practice and have fun with your own being with your own energy because once you do you can start influencing other people you know we've all seen people who walk into a room and the entire room almost buzzes with their presence that's an empowered empath thank you Lisa. Can I ask you a fun question? Oh, I love fun. Go for it. <laughs> now, we're, going, we're thinking of an ideal world, right? If you could choose to speak a, a week enjoying a body of water anywhere on earth, it could be a lake, it could be the ocean, whatever comes to mind, mm. where would you like to spend that week? Oh, I love the woods. I would love to spend my week floating in a pool next to a waterfall inside a beautifully enchanted wood. You have to repeat that. It's so beautiful. <laughs> All right. I want you to imagine this beautiful green wood Inside the wood, there's a pond being fed by a waterfall. And you can hear the waterfall bubbling and all those beautiful sounds. That's where I'll be spending my week. Thank you. <laughs> oh, that sounds absolutely delightful. And thank you for the insight you have given us. I really think I understand this better. And... When I do feel like that, I'm definitely going to use your second hint 
And I'm also going to walk around in malls and look out for people walking around with their hands on their solar plexus. <laughs> you know what, Maria? I know you, you want to end off, but I just want to throw this in there. Very often, you notice old women, especially in the black community, standing with their hands here in front of their, their chest, just, just under your, where your breasts are if you're a woman. Just, I've seen it a lot. I'm going to look out for that. So thank you for your time and your expertise. And to our listeners, thank you for listening. If you found this helpful, please share it with someone you care about. I'd really appreciate it if you'd rate Calm, Clear and Helpful where you download your podcasts. If you'd like a more fulfilling relationship with your beloved, if you wish parenting could be easier, or if you're interested in improving your emotional well-being, you're welcome to visit my website, marietsneeman.co.za, for free articles and podcast episodes. Calm, Clear and Helpful is compiled, hosted and edited by me, and the music is by Mark Marie Sneeman. Catch you next Tuesday at 9.